Accuracy is proud to be a supporter of ASIAL's podcast series. With insightful presenters and expansive subjects, the podcast series is a must if you want to keep at the forefront of the industry. Securacy, security workforce management software reimagined. Ladies and gentlemen, welcome back to the ASIAL Security Insider podcast. And today we are talking about blockchain and its role in the future of security. Our guest is Vaso Stajakovic. Vaso is a serial entrepreneur, engineer, and founder of Wyburn, amongst a multitude of other different bits and pieces. And Vaso knows more about blockchain than I think I ever will, because I'm learning on this journey along with the rest of you. Vaso, welcome to the program. John, thank you. And you're too kind with that <laughs> introduction. So, so just for the, the people who are listening to this, Give us the sort of, you know, two-minute intro to your background because it seems like an interesting journey to have gone from someone who started uh, their career as a uniformed police officer to someone who is now working in the field of blockchain computers and, uh, you know, basically revolutionising the world of access control. Well, thank you, John. Uh, so, yes, my background originally has been engineering. Uh, electrical engineering, electronics. I was in the early stages um, and very fortunate enough to be around when mobile phones first hit the market. And if you remember the mobile ones where you had to literally carry a brick in the back yeah. end talk time. And from there, I went um, further into other areas of electronics and access control systems, communications, and made my way into the New South Wales Police, where I spent almost um, 10 years and I ended up in their uh, communications section, uh, part of the upgrade from the analog system to their trunk radio digital system. Uh, Dotcom boom, Optus worked in their in, in their um, NOC system for GSM. Uh, then headhunted to Nortel Networks, where I had the um, real fortunate to be working with a lot of um, smart people, and it was on 3G. And so worked on the air interface for 3G in the 2000s. Unfortunately, the dot-com boom became the bust. And then, so what does a bunch of highly caffeinated engineers do? They form their own startup. And so, so security, access control, CCTV, high-tech, basically in my DNA. Um, saw license plate recognition cameras as being the future back in 2004. Um, and from there, invented the world's first tickless parking system based on license plate cameras in 2010. And now I'm seeing that blockchain will revolutionize every facet of our lives from financial instruments through to access control, through to supply chain management, security, and it's already starting to happen. And so this is a growing N plus one field. And it's something that you know, brings everything that I've done in the past into one um, sphere. Well, that's a, a great segue into, I guess, the first question that I have for you, which is, what on earth is blockchain? Okay, so we'll break it down because it is quite an, an involved answer. But we'll start off with, with blockchain technology. They have what's called three pillars of blockchain technology. And with that, you have decentralization. And that's really important. That's something for yourself and your listeners to really grasp. It is a truly decentralized platform. Transparency. That's also another tenant. That is high confidence. 
immune <laughs> immunitability. Sorry, I really always mix that one, but immutability. Immune, yes, thank yes, you. That one. <laughs> of, a fancy name for tamper resistance. And right. I'd rather call it a tamper resistance system. You okay. can't break a blockchain. And this is why it's such a highly trusted um, system going forward. Now, moving to why companies want, are moving across, number one reason is network security, tamper resistance. Uh, you know, you're protecting your access control and your data privacy. And we've seen. Uh, in the media time and time again and the latest one has been Optus how they got hacked and cracked into when their data was um, you know people's data let loose now if they had for argument's sake a blockchain system set up in their network this would never be able to happen because you just can't crack them for enterprises um, it's all about scalability and lowering cost and this is all achieved in the blockchain world and so you have network security data privacy, scalability, and lowering cost. That are the fundamentals of blockchain. Okay, but let's let's take it back a notch and go uh, a little bit higher level. What actually is, a, is blockchain? Because, you know, to me, it sounds like a Lego block on the back of a train. I mean, I literally have no idea what blockchain actually is. I know it's involved in cryptocurrency, and I know it's involved in other things, but I don't actually know what it is. Actually, that's a really good analogy. Do think of it like Lego. There's right. these little blocks of two megabits uh, software codes in blocks. So like your TCP IP packets that go around the network and they're encrypted. So I'll start off with, and I'll, yeah, this will be a good, um, let's, let's look at accounting and this will make sense. I'll start off with, let's look at accounting. You have a ledger, right. and that is your single source of truth. All the information is recorded on that ledger. In the old days, it was pen and paper. Then we moved to computer systems and spreadsheets. This then evolved to applications like Myob. Then the cloud came along and Zero and others come into that space. Well, that's basically, you know, a blockchain is a distributed ledger. And you might see things like DLT. Blockchain is a distributed ledger technology. So just like in the accounting world where you write things down or access control, you read, write permissions. Well, that's what blockchain is. It's a decentralized system with encryption. So and when you, you really when you say decentralized and distributed, does that mean that it, it distributed means it exists in more than one location? And decentralized means it's not in just one location or explain what that means. Exactly. You, you nailed it. And I'll, I'll um, give you another analogy. Look at it this way. Think of it as like a spreadsheet. You've got your Excel spreadsheet opened up and it's now bouncing from computer to computer and it's recording everything that's going on. So doors opening, people going through, doors closing, and it's going around and that spreadsheet is being shared amongst all the devices in your network. And everybody who has the permission can see the data, but you can't corrupt it. Right. So if you've got 10 doors, all those and 100 people, everyone can see what's going on as long as you have those permissions. 
you can see exactly what is going on at any given time. And it's not sitting in a central computer. It is sitting on all those devices. Right. Including so it's actually, yours. So it's actually living on the edge. It's edge technology where it lives in the various devices plus whatever you're using to control that system. Correct. Nailed it in one. And so if you look at the hardware component of blockchain access control system, you have an internet, cloud, and edge device. That's it. I mean, obviously, you've got locks and relays and power supplies and your phone as the, as the source of truth to let you in. But in terms of, yes, it's just an IoT device. Okay, so there are plenty of systems on the market at the moment that would lay claim to those things. They would say, you know, the the processing happens at the edge, at the actual reader. Um, the information is kept in the cloud as well or backed up to the cloud. And the main controller uh, for enrolling or deleting people from the system can happen from your mobile phone. How is blockchain different and why is it better if it is? Okay, so those ones, yes, you enroll your phone, like traditional access control system, there's always going to be going back that single source of truth where all the data sits. It doesn't sit on all the nodes. There still has to be, whether it's in the cloud, a central piece of software that has everyone's authentication and then pushes it out to all the nodes. This is a pure mesh network. You can start knocking out nodes and the system will keep on working because everything is interconnected. And what do you mean by node? Do you mean an access reader or? Uh, the edge device. So within the, within the blockchain access control world, you have a node and it's an individual IoT computer system within the blockchain network and it has all the information sitting there the permissions, um, the objects, everything is sitting on that node. That node can talk to a lightweight node. A lightweight node is, think of it as a pass-through. So it maintains a copy of the blockchain. So the node sends a copy of the ledger to a lightweight node. So you can gain entry in and out of that door. Now, but it is also connected to say a full nodes. Full nodes also store more than just the, the entire blockchain, right? So just like a node, you have the entire blockchain, all the transactions are validated, and it is publishing out there new blocks. That is new read rights, new permissions, new access control, but it is decentralized. So you can have N plus one nodes. You can have N plus one lightweight nodes and they can be in a local network or global a wide area network and okay, you can so, knock out nodes and yeah. the system still keeps working so for the sake of clarity and transparency let's go back and talk about what a node actually is in the case of an access control network is a node the reader itself or is it a little mini sort of raspberry pi type computer um and if that's the case what's the difference between a full node and a lightweight node so let's help listeners and me understand what a node actually is okay so a node is as you say an iot device and it can be a raspberry pi 
an embedded computer. Um, it, does, it depends on how much processing power. But yes, it can be a, something as simple as a Raspberry Pi where the information right. sits there. And I was just going to say, for people who are listening to this, we're not actually physically, and I don't mean to sound condescending, we're not actually physically talking about Raspberry Pis. There are Raspberry Pi, and Vaso, correct me if I'm wrong, a Raspberry Pi is a small circuit board based computer probably it can be as small as a matchbook um that can live anywhere it can live inside the actual access reader it can be standalone it can be whatever but it's just it's a very small computing device is that the case that's correct and it would more or less be a lightweight node because right. it doesn't have a lot of commute computing power and so when you look at um full nodes because they are storing and forwarding entire blockchain, they need to be gruntier. You need more processing power. It also has all the transactions. The you know, It's validating transactions. It's publishing. Um, that is, it's saying, okay, these nodes are on my network. They are valid. So if something happens to a lightweight node or another node, the full nodes will say, yes, this one's now dropped. I need to let an administrator or administrators know that that door's not working, that gate's down, there's something wrong there. And so it full nodes, they have object attributes, environment conditions, policy rules, and this is where the administrators administer from, a full node, not a lightweight node. So the first question a lot of people listening to this might ask is, well, that sounds like you're complicating the system because if I have readers that act as edge devices where a lot of the processing power for my access control system lives in the reader and then that talks through my network-based computer on site to the cloud, why am I adding these extra things? Why am I adding these nodes into the system, lightweight nodes and full nodes that just complicate the whole process? Scalability and trust. Okay. So you now have something that has complete redundancy, complete failover. Yeah. Right. So you can start losing multiple devices and the system will still keep working. Also, okay. when, when you look at your access control system, I'm using uh, a card that's been issued to me by a um, security guard. Well, you don't need that anymore. My phone receives the credentials and it's actually part of the network. So it receives the blockchain, it's then stored and you know where I'm going. Right. And so am I correct in assuming that in a blockchain access control system, because we're not running off, let's just say, for example, uh, a centralized piece of software, which might be John Bigelow access control, which sits on my uh, computer at the office, because it's decentralized, I'm not limited to the number of doors, gates or access points in the system, because for every access point, we have a node. Uh, or a lightweight node, which means I can run as many access points across as many sites as I want, which all talk to each other in a mesh network like we would with CCTV or anything else, and they become, they become self-sustaining. I don't need a central processing system. That's correct. Well put. Excellent. Yes. See, even the, that- monkey, even the monkeys get a banana on some days. 
Oh, no, no, no. Too kind. No, that's a very well put. And so whereas you have, oh, I've lost my access card or, you know, John Smith access card number 100, and then, you know, it's talking Wigan to the readers and all the rest, my credentials come to the phone. It's then stored. So when I present my phone, whether it's Bluetooth, NFC, whatever means that it communicates, you know exactly where I'm going. And so I leave the organization. That's fine. You then cut those credentials forever in a day. And this is the thing about blockchain. Once a blockchain's written, you can never delete it. You have now a permanent record locked in time. Right. Which is what security people uh, and we in the security interest, um, especially depends as you go higher up, you know, in terms of different sites and high security. Uh, and they might need to go and look at um, records four, five, six, seven years down the track. And a lot of that stuff is um, stored, you know, backed up, and then people have to find the backups and all the rest. Well, no, this is forever in a day, real time. You can see it and you have uh access to it. Okay, so if I no longer have need for, you know, the John Bigelow access control program that runs all of my doors, how do the doors know who to let in and who not to let in and at what times and all the rest of it? What actually drives all of that intelligence? Good question. And that's a smart contract. Okay. So we've talked about nodes. We've talked about... Um, the systems there and well sorry i'll step back well so well, it before, off with before a, you hmm. before you do let's backpedal a bit because hmm. again i want to make this as clear as i possibly can for the people listening to this we know that we have lightweight nodes which are very small basic computing systems uh you know like a you know let, let's just for the sake of the clarity of this podcast let's just call it a a, a chip on a mother a, a chip on a pcb board right mm-hmm so that's our lightweight node, but then those talk to full nodes. What would constitute a full node and where would that full node live within the network? The full node will most likely be, I said, uh, say an i3 or an i5 computer. Uh, so yep. it's got a bit more grunt, um, solid state drive, um, RAM. It can be anywhere. So if it's hard cabled, you, know, you can have it in your racks. It could be near the door. It could be anywhere. It physically doesn't need to be near the door. Right. Okay. So, so it can it, be it can be anywhere within the building, or it can geographically be anywhere. Yeah. So long as it can send a dry contact to unlock the gate, it doesn't need to be you know, located close by. So really now it just comes down to the relay, your locking system that it's actually sending the information to and that's limiting your distance. And then however means you want to be able to cable between the IoT device and your physical door. And if my full node loses contact with the lightweight node, which the lightweight node I'm assuming has to be local to the access point, will the access point still operate? Yes, because it's a mesh network. So you have right. multiple connections. So unless someone severs every single connection, um, you'll be fine. So you can start dropping nodes. This is a this is a fantastic thing about a mesh network and with blockchain. Okay, so if I'm understanding you correctly, if we were to give a, a sort of higher level picture of this, I let's say I am. Um, a company that runs multiple sites around Australia and I will have 
full nodes, maybe one full node at each of those sites. And then I will have lightweight nodes at each of my access points. If the full node at any one of those main sites goes down, it doesn't matter because it's a mesh network. The nodes, even if it's only one of them, even if just one of the nodes at the other sites is still existing, it will pick up and manage the signals from all the access points at all the other sites until the other nodes come back online. Correct. And it will notify the administrator that one of the nodes has um, crashed. So if you say a large building, you have more than one node, you might say have six or seven nodes in there and maybe 10, 15 lightweight nodes. It just depends on the design and the level of security and complexity that you want in redundancy. And so you lose a you know your main cable to the building you know the the guys are out there excavating and they don't ring dial dig and cut through the fiber cable that's fine yep. your your nodes are still have they have the smart contracts i.e they have everything there to keep it running and the system right. will keep running and then as a backup you'll throw a 4g or an lte or 5g network and now it's communicating with the rest of the system and it's that fast because you just have to bring in it to your switch or your router or backup and then the whole system's back up again and so then is that one of the major benefits of this blockchain style of access control is that the bigger the access network gets the more redundant it becomes the more stable it becomes the more robust it becomes oh absolutely and you're no longer tied to an ip address so look at say you know current access control systems and like i said cable gets broken okay what's going to be my gateway what's my you know internal and you have all these all these ip issues that you're trying to get up and running to and you need your network administrator we're here you just plug a 4g system in boom because uh, the blockchains don't have ip addresses so you don't care there's no clashes there's no nothing to do with it so help me explore that for a second, because if we're no longer using IP addresses, whether it be IPv4 or IP6 or whatever it may be, how are they communicating? It's software program. And so the the blocks themselves are written in XML. Right. And they have encryption. And so depends on what encryption system. And so you have uh, different blockchains that you can write your applications on. Coinbase is one of them. Arethium's another uh, we've all heard of um, Bitcoin, but that, that's mainly financial. But Arethium is definitely one that's being used in the security system along with Coinbase. They're stable, and you write your applications on their protocols. So I imagine right now there's a lot of systems integrators that might be listening to this that are sitting there holding their head in their hands going, oh, my God, I've only just developed an understanding of network administration and mac addresses and ip networks and all the rest of it what the hell are you now talking about writing entire programs in some weird obscure language i've never even heard before that are probably terrified oh they don't need to this is a great part about it there are third-party companies out there already in the space um you know one of the biggest ones is ibm right now they have two platforms one that you go out there and write your own applications. Another one you can actually deploy. Um, Cisco, they're starting to enter this space, which is really exciting because they've got all the skills and all the years and so forth um, with networks. But they are, they do see that moving into the IoT space with blockchain is the future. Um, I'll throw out another one, Lockheed Martin. 
you know, they're a right. US defense contractor. They've actually implemented a blockchain security and their goal is to use blockchain to protect every step of its weapon development system. Right. So we're talking from supply chain and physical security, the whole lot. So you're now cutting across all different verticals. So no longer um, do we in the security industry say, yes, I'm in my own little space and I won't talk to the um, network administrators or the supply chain logistics people. No, we're all one flat uh, integrated system. Okay. And so is this the kind of thing that you're envisioning that some of the traditional access control companies, like let's just use, I don't know, guys, I'm just using you arbitrarily, but let's pick in a range as an example. Do you see them further down the track being the, the arbiters of, you know, we're writing new access control systems based on blockchain now, or is this something that other will become the domain of other companies? How do, how do you see that rolling out? Uh, that, well, good question. Um, not, I'm not on the board of Interrange and so <laughs> yeah, forth, but yeah, one yeah. would like to envisage that, yes, they will follow suit. Yes, look, there's going to be plenty of startups that will be um, jumping on the space. Um, so, yeah, it's a very exciting time that you will have new and emerging companies coming up um, they're trying to grab the established people's lunch. Uh, I'll sort of throw this analogy. Think about, um, okay, let's look at camera technology. We had yep. wet film. Yep. You know, Kodak, Kodak was king of the heat. Kodak actually invented the digital camera and thought, no, no one's going to take this. And Sony and others grabbed it. And suddenly, voila, everyone had a, a pocket digital camera. It was fantastic. And then, Along this came this visionary called Steve Jobs and showed this mobile phone with a camera and it was a brick and everyone laughed because the battery didn't last as long. Well, look at it now. The number one seller of digital cameras are mobile phone companies. Yeah. Apple's, Samsung's also. No one, I, I dare anyone to say, oh, I've, I've got a dedicated camera. When people go on holidays, I've got my mobile phone. Yeah. And, th and that's how... A free market system works. So this area of blockchain and security will follow the same way. And I'm only just touching on access control. CCTV is going the same way. Um, we all know about YouTube. It's a centralized system. We all listen to it. But I'm not sure if yourself or others um, out there know about Odyssey. No, I can't say I do. Okay. Odyssey is a blockchain video system. And, it, okay. you, and it's blockchain um, foundations. It's called library. And so you sign up to Odyssey and yourself, just do a Google search, Odyssey video. Um, it's an app that you download and it's written um, on blockchain. And what's so powerful about that compared to YouTube? Decentralized blockchain. Once you put that video up, it can never be deleted. It is there for all eternity. Yeah, that, oh, obviously, if it's um inappropriate content and so forth, say, the that's, what, that, yes. that's what scares the crap out of me is people putting up inappropriate content that can never ever be deleted. Yes. Oh, look, you don't want to be a 16 year old putting something really um, embarrassing or inappropriate that when you're 26 and going for a job and someone searches your name, finds it. Yeah, you're going to be in a little bit of trouble. Um, and especially if you lose your password, you can't delete it and all that sort of stuff that does make things difficult. But in terms of 
um, people wanting to talk about something and so forth. It is a truly distributed system so that if you want to talk about something that's slightly controversial, you can put it up there and you know that, you know, you're not going to be deleted. Again, that's taking away from the, the fact that video um, is now in the blockchain world. And if you think about one of the biggest problems with CCTV, well, so, so much of a uh, big problem that the fact that you have an incident, someone records it, um, gives it to police, if it gets lost or so forth, I guess overwritten, no, this sits there cloud-based, it's there forever. It's no one, no barrister or QC can ever say, can this be tampered? The simple answer is no. All right, so let's let's go back a step. We've yeah. spoken about the benefits of decentralization. In other words, we know that there are small packets of information that live on the node, which resides at the access point, which then talk to larger nodes, which can be distributed through sites, which then all create a mesh network. So we understand how decentralization makes for a, a more robust and stable network. How does this form of technology make it more transparent? Everyone that has permission can see it. Right. So but in, in the case of security, is that necessarily a good thing? Because we we have permission and privilege levels for a reason. That's correct. And always, yeah, your administrator is clearly there. But what happens if your administrator goes on holiday? Well, suddenly something happens, an event, and someone else needs to. And we all experience, oh, such and such person's always the administrator, or his backup suddenly falls sick. And COVID was a good one. Suddenly you're losing whole departments. But you need to enroll someone. You need to be able to see. You need to be able to do. Well, all the people within the organization can see what's going on. And given the right permissions, they can add people, remove people, and it's a lot easier to add and remove people and assign certain permission levels. So suddenly you don't need to be an experienced administrator you know, clicking through and saying, yes, you've got permission, you don't. As long as you have the authorization, you can do it and it's quite easy. And it works all, and this is where smart contracts come into it. So the permissions um, and the trust and all the rest is around the smart contracts. So we talked about the nodes, uh, the IoT devices and everything, and the brains. And again, this is distributed. A smart contract is an event-driven computer, so it can be the larger nodes, right? And yeah. it's distributed. And it and it, it's executed by the access control nodes, and it, has, and it enforces all the policies. So all the procedures, all the data, everything that goes in that access control system is actually a smart contract. And that's just added blocks onto your blockchain, the smart right. contract. Okay. And so again, if we go back to our Lego block analogy, we suggest that, you know, I've got the initial Lego block, which is a packet of data that says, I have verified that John Bigelow is actually John Bigelow. Now, in order to build out that smart contract, we start adding smaller blocks of Lego that say he's allowed into these locations and then other blocks that say he's allowed into these locations at these times, but not these times. Is that the case? Correct. And John Bigelow can also authorize someone to come into this door if need be, but not the rest of the system. So right. you're there in your um, workshop area, 
someone's coming to um, visit you, so you'll allow them to come in through the front door, um, press level three on the lift, and the fourth door on the right, they can tap their phone and it'll open and let them in. Yep. So the one thing that's concerning to me at the moment, not really understanding enough about this, is that my understanding very loosely of, let's say, cryptocurrency, which as you mentioned before, is a financial version of blockchain, is that let's say I've got $200 million, wouldn't that be nice, sitting in cryptocurrency somewhere. If I lose my password, that's it. I can never access that money again. So what happens if an administrator sets up our entire access control network and then gets hit by a bus? This is where you have more than one administrator. So just like the system has redundancies, you also need redundancies in your system. And that was a very good question. And yeah, redundancies. You need to have more than one administrator that has those privileges or those details are recorded and we can, one can go back to good old pen and paper and put it in a safe and then have someone else have access to it. But yes, once you lose that, yes, you're in a lot of trouble. Because I was going to say, if let's just say I'm setting up the access control system and something happens before I can send you a, an access token, like literally the difference with a current access control system is I can just, I can reset the software. I, it'll default everything, but at least all the readers are still there. At least the software is still there. Whereas with this, it sounds like if you lose access, you're that's it, you're done. Can you is there any way of resetting the system? You would yes, reload from scratch and all that. Yeah. Basically, yes, defaulting it. Okay. You, you so, need to default it. Okay. Now, when we talk about immutability, we understand that transparency means that, you know, Anyone who's got privileges or access can see the parts of it that they've got access to, that if I'm sitting on a beach in Hawaii somewhere as the network administrator, I can just send you, Vaso, uh, permission and you can jump in and you can take over the entire network and see everything without me having to set up all the privileges and so on. So that gives us our transparent transparency. What makes it immutable? The encryption layer on the blockchain. Right. You cannot tamper with a blockchain can't break it why is tamper with it i was gonna say why is that better or different to let's say weekend or desfire or myfair or any of the other access control encryption methods out there right now because they've all been cracked okay that's Uh, a simple answer (laughs) i mean you know you know many years ago we were um when we were um trying to go from um ASCII to Wigan, we basically generated um, a simple device that generates a Wigan. So I could right. put a site code in and walk up to any code and it'll sit there going through all 65,000 plus um, combinations and pop the door. Okay. And, so, and that's going back some 10 years ago. I mean, there's a lot more sophisticated hacking and cracking tools out there. Um, you know, even MD5's been cracked Um And as computers get faster, um, clusters, um, you name it, and they start doing attacks, um, passwords keep getting longer and longer. I mean, this is the other thing with blockchain. You do away with passwords. You don't need any more passwords. So what makes blockchain uncrackable? It's the algorithm. Right. Okay. And the fact that it's it's the thing that is this cryptography. So if someone starts hitting a particular blockchain, um, and it's got a checksum and something, that's it. It's knocked out. Sorry, no more. 
And so, and you've got multiple and they're constantly being replicated and you have ledgers. So I've got your blockchain. So your nodes sent me the information, but then a rogue person, you know, has hacked your one and tried to change it. Well, hang on. I've got the, uh, I've got your complete ledger sitting with me and suddenly that doesn't match. Sorry, reject and then notify the administrator. Vice versa, the same thing. And that's why with a mesh network, everybody has the same ledger and it keeps going around and around in the mesh network. So if a rogue jumps in and throws a bit of code or tries to mimic or replicate, it'll be picked up by the other saying, sorry, that's I don't have that same copy. It's out by you know XYZ and therefore it's rejected. Okay. So that helps us understand one of the reasons why people might want to move to blockchain, which is it's a more robust form of network security. And obviously we can understand that from what we were talking about before with the decentralized nature of it and the mesh and edge computing side of it, it's much more scalable. In other words, you're not limited to the number of doors or access points you can run in the network, but is it lower cost than the existing technology? And if so, why? Like any new technology, it'll be more expensive than systems that have already have been are indeed and pushed out there. But as the as the early adopters take the system, as it gets out there, the costs lower. And yes, because the biggest cost is human and right. hardware. And as we know now, with you know scarcity of you know manpower or lady power or people power, as well as hardware in terms of supply chain, this will be a cost-effective solution so you're not needing you know your administrators your firewalls and all the other stuff to protect your single source of truth because the blockchains itself is the firewall is protected in the mesh network so you don't need all these you know target hardened you know penetration testing having your um it department constantly you know making sure that everything's all patched up whether it's windows linux or whatever os system you're using you do away with all that okay so basically in in sort of trying to to land the ship because we're getting towards the end of our time within this podcast if i give you a brief level overview jump in at any point in time and correct me if i'm wrong on any of these things but what i'm hearing is that the reason you believe that the future of block uh, of access control rests in blockchain is because first of all being decentralized it it's much more stable you know we're creating mesh networks where it's much much harder to take down the access control system the other benefit is that it's more transparent. In other words, if I'm on-site, off-site, pretty much at any location in the world where I can achieve a network connection, I can give people access to the system. I can transfer my privileges to other people. I can add people. I can remove people. It's a lot more secure because the code for or the, the ledger, as you call it, for the system lives in all of the various different nodes and locations where the system lives. And if anyone tries to introduce anything to it, it's compared against all of those other versions. And it says, nope, that's not happening. And also the technology behind it is a much higher level of encryption. So therefore it's virtually unhackable. Is that all correct at the moment? Perfect. Well summed up. I couldn't have said it better. So is there anything that we're missing at this point in time, if we're trying to get our heads around this? No, that's basically it in a nutshell. 
Well, Vaso, thank you very much. You have helped me understand something that I have struggled with for some time now because I, I haven't really understood what blockchain actually is or why it would have a role in the security industry. What are you doing with this technology? The space that I'm looking at is trying to bridge or unify CCTV, access control, and supply chain. So basically having a flat as opposed verticals right. in the space. Okay. And if people want to find out more about you or what you're doing, where do they go? Um, VasoST at iCloud.com um, or send, send me a text or ring me 043. 3201 or they can jump on my LinkedIn profile and connect with me and follow what I'm doing. Well, Vaso, thank you very much for your time. Ladies and gentlemen, we would love to hear your thoughts and feedback on this. Has your head exploded? Are you currently sitting on the side of the road somewhere with your brain melting out your ears? Did you actually understand what we were talking about? Do you have any questions? And more to the point, if you've enjoyed the podcast and you'd like more like this, there's plenty in the ASIAL iTunes, uh, podcast series. You can find them on the ASIAL website at www.asial.com.au. In the news section under podcasts, you can find them on iTunes, Spotify, Blurberry, uh, Google Play, and all the great places that you find podcasts. And until next time, Basso, thank you for joining us. Thank you, John. And we look forward to speaking to you next time. Security is proud to be a supporter of ASIAL's podcast series. With insightful presenters and expansive subjects, the podcast series is a must if you want to keep at the forefront of the industry. Security. Security workforce management software reimagined.